This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is our weekly baseball podcast here at Breakfast with Benz. Tim Benz along with you. Pleased to be joined as always once a week by our Pirates beat writer Kevin Gorman. The Buckos getting set to take on the Minnesota Twins, division leaders in the American League Central after losing two of three in Queens against the Mets. Uh, Kev, let's start right there with that American League Central division. Boy, Minnesota's what, four games above 500 and they're still in first place? I know the NL Central is no great shakes, but was not too long ago where Minnesota was on top of that division, I believe at 500, maybe even a game under at one point shortly after the uh, All-Star break. Not exactly bathing itself in glory, the teams in those divisions right now. No, it'd be a lot more winnable than the NL Central, which is a winnable division. Um, You know, when you look at the Pirates record, they're at uh, 54 and 67. That's only a half game behind where Detroit is for third place. So, you know, they're only a couple games behind uh, Cleveland in terms of the standings. So the Pirates Pirates would be right in the thick of the race. And if if they were in the AL Central, we might be looking at a a different trade deadline. We might be looking at a team that would have tried to add maybe a pitcher or two instead of, you know, trading a pitcher and a a couple big bats. What do you think about how the roster has handled itself since the trade deadline and how some of those moves have shaken out with the residual effects? Well, I think what we're seeing right now is kind of the the shine is wearing off on some of the rookies right now. And I think some of them came up and made a splash and people were excited about them and they were excited about being in the majors. And, and then the major leagues adjust. Once they get some film on you, they, they get an idea of what to expect. And, and so we're seeing 
some guys like Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez, uh, you know, struggle a little bit more than they were. We're seeing, you know, guys like Quinn Priester and Nick Gonzalez were sent back down to the minors to work on some things. And so what, what we're seeing is what I've been warning everybody about is not to, you know, kind of treat these prospects regardless of their rankings as like some sort of savior. You know, the Pirates don't really have that in the system. They don't have a guy who's going to be come up and be an immediate impact player in the way you would say like Julio Rodriguez or, or someone that would be a rookie of the year candidate, even like O'Neill Cruz was a year ago. You know, he went through his his downturn, you know, and it is kind of another warning is that everybody, you know, I think it was about a month or so ago, people were saying, why can't the Pirates be more like the Cincinnati Reds when they brought up all their prospects? Well, you saw, you know, when Cincinnati came in here that, you know, Ellie De La Cruz, as much as he's, a you know, a really magnificent talent, you know, he's going through his stretch as well. But, but I, th- I think that's what we're seeing. I, I don't know, you know, how much I, I think that the playing time these guys are getting is very valuable. And I think that's going to be very valuable, even more so for next season, that they have some major league experience. But I also think you're seeing a team that's very much been pretty much flying under the rate, under under 500 uh, since all the prospects came up, and they haven't really done much to change that. We'll see Andre Jackson tonight in the opener against the Twins. Any opinions on him so far, or Bailey Falter? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Andre Jackson has been a nice pickup. I mean, basically the Pirates traded cash for him, and they did it to restock their, you know, their bullpen in terms of having some pitching depth when they had lost some guys to injuries. And the timing here, you know, his first five innings, he was perfect. Um, you know, he, he's a guy whose stuff plays, and I, I think the Pirates have been pretty good at identifying player pitchers in particular who have good stuff. They they have good tools to work with, and they need some refining. They need some adjustments to maybe the way they approach everything. But, uh, you know, I'm not saying this guy's a long-term solution, but I I think I like what I've seen from him so far. And and Falter, in his, you know, his most recent start, looked good. Um, You know, this is a guy who's, you know, bottom of the rotation guy if he's going to stick with the Pirates. But, you know, given that both basically both teams gave up on on their guys that they traded, they just swapped two guys that they were kind of frustrated with, the Phillies with Falter and the Pirates with Rodolfo Castro, who I really liked. But, you know, defensively, he was becoming a liability. He was making errors at every position he played, and his bat wasn't overcoming that. So, um, But, you know, certainly the Pirates need pitching right now. And this is a good time to give some of these guys starts and see what they can do, see whether Jackson can make himself into a starter or at least a long reliever, and to see if you know Falter can find a spot in the starting rotation. What are your opinions thus far on Alfonso Rivas and Alika Williams? Uh, you know, th- th- I've seen these guys get opportunities to be starters, and it kind of shows you why their teams were willing to deal them. You know, there, there's some holes in their game. Um, you know, Alika Williams in particular has been a good upgrade defensively from Tucapita Marcano and Rodolfo Castro. Uh, that, that defensively, he's pretty good there. I, you know, I heard one of the, the, the commentators, you know, mention him as, goal, you know, a gold glove caliber. I wouldn't go that far. I think he's been good. Uh, I think he's made some nice plays at shortstop. Uh, the, the bat has to still show up a little bit. You know, this is a guy who needs to be, you know, a better hitter. But, you know, we're looking at a guy who's probably going to play a little bit of shortstop, maybe can play second and third base. Uh, and his future here is probably his utility infielder because O'Neill Cruz, if, if, when he, if he comes back healthy, is most likely going to be your starting shortstop. And if not him, I would imagine Leavera Peguero might be next in line. Rivas is a guy that came in that the power was always an issue for him. We've seen a little bit of it 
Um, you know, good defensively, not as good as maybe, you know, people are billing him to be. But I, d- I don't know that either one of these guys is locking down a spot on next year's roster, what we've seen so far. But they're both going to get the opportunity to show what they can do. Uh, you know, certainly first base is uh, a main concern for everybody because the Pirates just don't have a first baseman in the system. And, you know, Rivas is now, I think, on his third team and he's 26 years old. So I don't think anybody's looking at this guy as a long-term solution. But he's certainly going to get a long look here at the end of the season. Kevin Gorman with us, our weekly baseball podcast. Kevin covers the Pirates here at Trib Live. Quinn Priester, just a tough first call-up, or should we be alarmed of what he may not be? A little bit of both. Um, Certainly, you know, he was getting the run support early on that allowed him to win a couple games, Uh, you know, kind of unusual run support. I think it was 23 runs in his first four or five starts. Um, But, yeah, the, the fastball is a concern the velocity on the fastball in particular and and if the fastball doesn't play then they can sit on his breaking pitches which is a concern because this is a guy who's got a good curveball um you know he's got he's got some good pitches in his arsenal but he's got to get his vast fastball velocity up or he's got to become sharper i mean the walks were a concern and and that's something that you know when, when you have a guy who you know isn't able to locate his breaking pitches and and isn't going to blow you away with his with his heater uh, then you got a guy who's going to get knocked around, and that's exactly what we saw. I, the thing I like about Quinn Priester is he's a very positive guy. He's a very hardworking guy. He, he's got a great athletic frame. It, it, it's not like this is a guy who came up here and got flustered and could handle it. Um, you know, he, he felt like he was very close, but you know that, that's where you learn how to get better is in the minors, not in the majors. I mean, you can't just send a guy out there and let him get batted around every single time he pitches. G1 Bay, I saw the Little League home run that he had in Indianapolis. When might he be back with the Pirates? Yeah, that's a, that's going to be an interesting one. I'm kind of wondering if you know the, the Pirates have said they want to see him play well at every position, meaning you know shortstop, second base, and center field. And, and I think his future might be in center field, given the glut of middle infielders the Pirates have. When you have guys like Piguero and Gonzalez at second base, and you have Cruz. And uh, and Williams at shortstop, you know, you start you start looking at Bay and saying, well, maybe he's going to be their center fielder of the future, and that way they could put, you know, Sawinski, uh, you know, into a corner outfield spot. Although that, that's where Henry Davis is. So you know, the Pirates have some problems that could be good problems in the sense that you have some guys are going to have to you know fight for roster spots or fight for spots in the starting lineup. But you know, Bay, Bay. The thing I think the Pirates want to see is I, I think they want to make sure that he's 100% when he comes back. It's kind of similar to. Um, to uh, G-Man Choi in, in that sense. The, the Pirates want to just make sure when they bring him back, he's fully healthy. They don't want to bring back a guy who's who's not quite as himself. And, and I think they did it right with Choi because, you know, all of a sudden he came back and was hitting the ball really well and then made him a tradable asset. You know, Bay's the kind of guy they could build around or where he could be another tradable asset. I would, I'd be interested to see what his future is with the Pirates. But, you know, I had a, a conversation last week with Andrew McCutcheon and he really likes Bay in center field, really thinks he, you know, he, he's, he's got a lot to learn there because it's not his natural position. He's a natural middle infielder, but feels like that speed plays and, and that, uh, you know, that his ability to go chase the balls and, and his willingness to, you know, to go after balls and not be worried about the wall. Like he has some instincts out there that are somewhat natural. The only concern I really have about Bay, he gets some bad reads, to, you know, takes some bad routes. Uh, my, my bigger concern is that he doesn't really have a, a great arm in center. Finally, Kevin, Dan O'Dowd, former Major League Baseball general manager. I wrote about this earlier in the week. He was asked on the MLB Network of the teams who will not 
make the playoffs this year? Who's best suited to make some noise next year? And he said the Pirates. Now, that was his answer. By the time he was done speaking, he sort of made it sound like it was a bigger picture thing for year two or three down the road. But in either case, uh, do you agree with him? Whether, you know, the Pirates can really make some noise for a turnaround next year or uh, two or three years from now, he really made it sound like they'd be something. Are are we still allowing ourselves to be optimistic in that regard? Or uh, has some of the shine come off the, the new toys, so to speak? Well, let's take this into consideration for one, Tim. And I, re- I read what you wrote about uh, Dana Dowdett. And for one, this is a guy who has projected the Pirates' first-round pick like the last three years. I- I've talked to Dan before the Major League Draft, Major League Baseball Draft, each year. And, and he-, he said, keep an eye on Henry Davis. You know, everybody's talking about the shortstops. Keep an eye on Henry Davis. Last year, he was pointing to Tamar Johnson. This year, he was saying how much he loved Paul Skeen. So this is a guy who kind of has his pulse on the, on the his finger on the pulse of what's going on with the Pirates. For one, uh, for two, this is a Pirates team that right now is on pace to win seventy two games. I think I predicted them to win seventy three. I, I believe you predicted seventy two, right? Tim? I said seventy two on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they're at seventy two point two is is the projection based on their winning percentage. So they're doing that without O'Neill Cruz. And I can't emphasize enough that O'Neill Cruz might be their best player. I mean, he's certainly their most talented. Um, I, I I don't think people are taking into consideration when they look at this Pirates season because of that fast start and because of how much the bottom dropped out very quickly between you know mid June and, and and now um, that this is a team that when the pitching was going really well, the Pirates had the best record in the National League. When the pitching dropped off, the Pirates were still competitive in the NL Central, but you're losing not only your starting shortstop, but you're also you're losing your leadoff hitter and a guy who, based on his rookie numbers over a full season, would have been a 30 home run, 100 RBI guy. You bring that back into the lineup, the Pirates are automatically better if O'Neill Cruz comes back healthy, which is why I'll be curious if we even see him this season. But I, I also think it's it's really going to come down to pitching, and, and I'm not banking on Paul Skeens to be a guy who's at the you know, on the opening day roster. But the Pirates are going to have to go out and make smart moves like they did this offseason, where two of the three major pitching signings really worked out well with Rich Hill. Vince Velasquez for two months was fantastic, or for month month plus uh, before he got injured. Uh, Harding Garcia has been an absolute you know mess that, that he got injured in spring training, has not pitched at all, and doesn't look like he's going to pitch. But um, you know if, if they can identify a couple good starting pitchers, uh, anything's possible with this team, especially given – that this is a weak division that they're playing in and that's kind of anybody's guess who could win. But certainly the Pirates are going to need not only O'Neill Cruz to play like he did at the end of last season, but they're, they're going to need to see key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds play like they have for the past two weeks. And they're going to have to see some of these rookies show some consistency over the course of a season. All signs are pointing toward the Pirates trending upward, whether they're contenders next year is another story. I don't know if it's going to be next year or 2025, but certainly the window is open and the Pirates have to take advantage of it here sooner rather than later. What'd you think of Skeens' debut, by the way? I thought he looked good. You know, his stuff to me, um, you know, he's playing against a lower caliber competition than I would think that he probably played in the SEC. Um, but I, I also think he went out there and got his job done. You know, I, what I really liked about him, you know, he only touched 100 one, one time and was still pretty dominant. So he wasn't relying strictly on the fastball. Uh, and the other thing, I, th- I thought he showed some real athleticism in the rundown. 
I, I thought I liked that part of it too. It, was, it wasn't just a guy out there dominating on the mound, but but showing you know that he can be a guy that you know makes a heads up play in a situation like that, and and shows some speed and shows some smarts. So uh, overall, you know, a very good outing. Pretty much what I expected him to do against you know low A competition. I'd be curious to see uh, if if they move him up. I would I would think he maybe make one more start there. And then I'd like curious to see if maybe they'll move him up to Greensboro to face some better competition in a smaller ballpark. You know, it's a little band box there in Greensboro. Uh, but I'm, I'm hearing there's a chance we could see him in Altoona in late September. So that's the one that I'm kind of looking forward to, to see how he does against double A bats. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing Livy Dunn anytime. Is, is that going <laughs> to happen? Because like, I understand that uh, he and Livy Dunn might be the new pirates power couple, like Cole Tucker and Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, exactly. Who was the one, uh, when Ben Roethlisberger and Natty, Natalie Golbus. Natalie Golbus, yes. Yeah, remember, so so I, I guess I'll cover Skeens and you'll cover Dunn, and we'll just call it a, call it even, huh, Tim? Uh, I'm a huge women's gymnastics fan. Everybody knows this. <laughs> thanks, Kev. Appreciate it. All right, thanks for having me, Tim. Kevin Gorman covers the Pirates here at Trib Live.